Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 121 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. The regular season has begun. Justin, you are in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I am Patrick, and I'm in Halifax. What a great way to start the season, though, right? The Jays go in there. You all already know what happened. <laughs> we stole a series from the Yankees, two wins to one at Yankee Stadium. Hell what yeah. A great way to start. Hell yeah. In front of all those in intelligent Yankee fans? I don't know if that's the right word for them. I don't know what you'd call it. I mean, they're baseball savvy in New York. New York is literally the epicenter of all things baseball it's and baseball has been, mecca yeah yeah for like 150 years now um but they know their baseball but what they don't know is that uh the the jays are not to be trifled with um i i was reading a lot of yank like yankee uh twitter and reddit stuff and oh man that's they were they were fest. irate about losing <laughs> the opening series against the Jays. I think they hmm. went into this series expecting to just be three easy wins, boom, 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 move on. Um, but I don't think so. You're you're one and two. Uh, and actually, they played again today, and I'm pretty sure they won. Uh, but that being said, any time that we can steal a series from the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, okay, so they're up one one nothing to the Orioles right now, who started the season three and zero after sweeping the Red Sox. So, <laughs> go figure. This is exciting, though, man. Baseball's back. Talk about it. How do you feel? I am. I'm pumped. It's been it's been great watching these games, and it's kind of nice to like get them over a weekend too to start. So, didn't have like I mean, obviously we had like a weird Friday off day, but then we got two great yeah. games Saturday, Sunday to watch, uh, and then obviously today's game as well too. But no, it's just it's just nice to have it back. It, it's it's it was weird last year not having baseball until June until June when it came back. So was it June or July? I don't even remember anymore. But uh, yeah, it was it was weird not having it in the spring. So I'm just glad it's here. Oh yeah, it feels so good for everything to be, you know, doing the doing what it's supposed to do on time. <laughs> it's fantastic. Spring is here. Baseball's here. Uh, and if you want to check out more baseball stuff, you can check us out on Twitter at BFMD Podcast and check us out on all the usual channels for a podcast. So that would be Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. You can check out BFMDPodcast.com. We're still in the process of building that one. But if you want to leave us a little note, go ahead, do it. We love it. Uh, before we get into the baseball news, though, Justin, how was your Easter weekend? It was a nice, long five-day weekend for me. I had Thursday off as well. I snuck that one in there, too. Uh, <laughs> how how was your weekend, though? It was nice. Yeah, yeah. my girlfriend and I both had Friday off, so we just enjoyed a kind of a lazy day. Went for a walk. Um, actually had my, my sister over for, for dinner that night. She lives in the city here still. Um, so we had it over for a little uh, little burger barbecue. It was nice. And then uh, my parents came in on, on Sunday. Uh, it was my dad's birthday on Saturday. He's uh, the ripe old age of 55 now. Uh, so we had all made sure that we uh, hadn't uh, seen too many people the previous weeks prior. So we were kind of formed a little bubble. Yeah. Uh, we went over to my sister's place here in the city and had a little supper time. So now we'll uh, refrain from seeing anybody else for a couple of weeks as we 
ride out the old COVID midjigger. But yeah, it was good to see the the family for even a couple hours. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it was it was relaxing. I actually worked a little bit. I worked on Saturday, and then did a couple of meetings on Sunday too. But for my services, I'll get to take a day and a half off this week. So I've got a half day on Wednesday, and then I got Friday off. So I'll have a long weekend this coming weekend. Nice, hardworking man out there. Yes, sir. I like it. I like it. My Easter was great. I uh, This was the first time I, I got to take a trip home to Cape Breton in three years, wow. which is unprecedented in my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was fantastic. I ate, you know, everything that I wanted to eat. It, and, we <laughs> you know, we had a great time. Watched uh, Hockey Night in Canada with my dad. Uh, fortunately, the, uh, the Senators beat the Habs, but, you know, whatever. It was fun. Uh, we chit chatted and, uh, Sunday night we watched, uh, dances with wolves. Nice. Never saw that movie before. Uh, I crashed about halfway through it. Uh, the drive home today was pretty uneventful. It was quite (laughs) misty, uh, but relatively warm. It was nice. It's nice to get away. By the way, we did the whole isolating and all that too. We made sure barely left the house (laughs) these last several months. Uh, and my folks, they were all, they're, they're ready to go. So, uh, uh, mom came down, picked, uh, myself up with, uh, my sister and Sarah, my spouse. Uh, and then we, we all took the trek, uh, back up to, uh, to Cape Breton, uh, didn't go anywhere aside from the grocery store and then went back. So keep it nice and tight. Everybody wear masks where they need to hand sanitizer all the time. You know, the usual drill. Uh, but it's great. I hope everybody had a great Easter out there. Baseball's back. So, Justin, without any further ado, take us into the news because there is a lot of it. Yeah, we're going to start with some uh, league-wide news first. Uh, the big story came out on uh, on Friday. Uh, the MLB is moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta. Uh, I, we won't we won't get into the political nature of this, of course, but there is a, a new voter law in in Georgia that uh, uh, is perceived, at least. I'm not an expert on this, so I won't make any definitive comments to target some uh, under underprivileged and and poorer demographics. So MLB is saying that everybody has the right to their vote, and that there should be no effort in voter suppression. Uh, Dusty Baker, legendary uh, in, in MLB circles. Uh, he said this, it's a positive move by Major League Baseball to support voting rights. That was a pretty big and bold move by baseball. This is what Hank Aaron would have liked. What do you think about that. this All-Star game, Patrick? I love it. I love that line, too. That's yeah. what Hank Aaron would have liked. I like a that Legendary line. brave, yeah. It lines up with me. I know like we do our best not to, to chat about political stuff here on BFMD. Um, so we won't, we're not going to get into it. Um, yeah, but the details, so we'll pretend to know what I'm talking let's, about. Let's, let's just say, uh, this feels like, uh, the right move and yep. uh, it seems to have gotten unanimous support, uh, from almost everybody that I've seen on Twitter. So I mean, anybody good that matters. <laughs> yeah. Good move. Uh, the all-star game who gives a shit anyway, it's kind of a, yeah. It's not what it used to be anyway. Old All-Star games used to be about charity events. Now it's not so much. So. I'm kind of surprised they're still doing an All-Star game this year. I thought they'd maybe go one more year without it. It seems like a waste, especially with vaccine rollout not completed. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm not in charge of it. So whatever. Um, let's just move on. 
Yeah, Frankie Lindor. Uh, we had talked about him as potential trade target for the Jays in the offseason. Obviously, the Mets picked him up. He was a pending free agent after this season, but uh, not anymore, Patrick. He signed a 10-year, $341 million deal with the New York Mets. Uh, Jeff Passan, he uh, wrote earlier today there was a sweet spot that he could be reached around $340 million. He was only off by a mil. Uh, the Mets have their franchise player locked up for the next decade. Does this take him to age 40? Is he 30 or is he 28 or something? I can't remember what he is. What even I believe is. he is 28. Yeah. Uh, I say as my cat attacks my leg. You know, it's, <laughs> it's weird. Um, I did not think that I would miss my cat as much as I did on like a stupid trip. Uh, but it ended up. <laughs> It ended up being a big storyline, and now that we're back home, uh, all he wants ah. to do is play. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's 27. 27. Yeah. He's 27. He's going to turn 28 during this season. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would do it. Uh, $34.1 million average annual. That's a lot of money. It's. I assume this is like backloaded or something like that. Um it's not Bobby Bonilla levels of terrible, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, by the time all is said and done, Lindor will be 37 going into 38. Um, that's usually around the time that shortstops um, struggle a little bit, maybe get a little sore in the knees. Yeah. The only guy I can think of who played shortstop that long was Cal Ripken, and he didn't play shortstop. Derek Jeter. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, You know, I always forget about He didn't about play Derek a good Jeter. shortstop, though. Yeah, uh, Rifkin played third and short, so I mean yeah. it's 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 been done. Um, yeah, it's doable. Uh, but he, uh, Rifkin switched to third uh, after 1996, and uh, and mostly played third the rest of his career. So you would you would have done this deal though if you were if you were a manager or, or a, an owner. Sorry, you would have done this. Yeah. Oh yeah, Lindor is one of the the top five best players in baseball, and I don't know about that but he's good. <laughs> mm, okay, name a better shortstop. Uh, Trevor Story? No. Yeah, he's I think not, Trevor Story is way better he's than not, Francisco he's not, Lindor. He's gonna we'll, get get it. we'll do this another time. We'll do this another time, but... <laughs> Fernando not Tatis that... Jr. is a better shortstop than uh, Francisco Lindor. No, he's you know, not. He's you know 22 Francisco years Lindor's old. Lindor's best career WRC plus is only 132, and it's averaged 118 for his career. That's still good, man. It's good. He has a high, high, high ceiling. Yeah. We'll do this some other time, but there's not that many. And by mentioning Tatis and Story, they're both players that are top 10 uh, players in baseball, too. Yeah, you want to know what Tatis Jr.'s WRC Plus was even just last year? 149. Rookie year, 150. All right. So let's move on to the next topic. (laughs) Um, we had some fireworks in the uh, Cardinals versus Cincinnati Reds Ooh. game the other day. Uh, Nick Castellanos was uh, plunked by a pitch. He uh, didn't like it too much. He actually uh, held up the ball and offered it back to the pitcher before uh, tossing it away. Ended up coming <laughs> around to score on a wild pitch and flexed yeah. straight in Yachty's face, which was pretty badass, if you don't mind me, uh, mind me saying. Uh, the bench was cleared. There were no punches or anything uh, thrown. Uh, Castellanos is was given a two-game suspension. He is appealing. Uh, After the game, uh, Castellanos said this about Yadi Molina. 
that guy could have punched me in the face and I'd still ask him for a signed jersey. <laughs> that's, you know, the quote, that's the quote of the year right there in baseball. It's wild to me. Like, First of all, that is the quote of the year for sure. Um, I can't imagine anything being better than that. <laughs> um, but earlier on in spring, there was some stuff floating around, of course, on Twitter because uh, Twitter is a toilet. Uh, and that's where things float uh, <laughs> about how Yadier Molina might not be a Hall of Famer. And hmm. I don't know, man. I don't think you can make a case that he's not a Hall of Famer. I don't see what it would be. His Even if his hitting is average, def- defensively, he's one of the best defensive catchers of all time. In terms of defensive war, uh, he's up there. He's top, like, 20. Yeah, definitely. And then you add in the offense that he contributes. It's just... Yeah, I mean, offensively, he hasn't done much in the last handful of years. But, yeah, the defense has still been good. Uh, and, obviously, yeah. I mean, um, the championships as well that he's won. Yep. And he's got a couple of those. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, the guy's the guy's 38 now. So, he's, he's winding down his career. I, I, I don't know if I see him going past this season. There was some doubt if he would no. even be back this year. But, uh, yes, yeah, we'll see. I mean, for me – Looking at other catchers who are in the Hall of Fame, I mean, he's got a 54.5 career war on on fan graphs, and that, I think that puts him in with the, in amongst most of the catchers who have made the Hall. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't see how you can keep him out. I think he'll probably be like a four, maybe 50-year ballot guy. I don't know if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. It probably depends no. on the rest of his class. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I see him in there, but yeah, it won't. It won't be that. Like, it's not a sure thing. Like a guaranteed first year kind of guy. But definitely, I, I like Yachty. I think he's a good catcher, and he's been a legend for a long time. Yeah, All I'm right. also. I'm a huge fan. So, Hall cool. of Fame Yachty Molina. Let's say if this is his last year, it'll be before 2030. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, one last thing I want to add in before we get into the Blue Jays. Uh, last night. Uh, Shohei Otani made his season debut on the mound. Uh, first inning, he threw a pitch at 100 miles an hour. And in the bottom half, first pitch he saw, he hit a home run at 115 miles per hour off the bat. It was the hardest hit ball of the MLB season so far. Uh, very uh, Babe Ruthian thing to do. Um, yeah. The Jays are actually going to see Shohei uh, in, during the upcoming homestand, the first homestand of the year in, in Dunedin when the Angels are in town. So, We'll get to watch him firsthand and see what he's able to do. And obviously, uh, everyone's favorite baseball player, Mike Trout. Try to get that reference in the show, as usual. Uh, but into the Jays now. Um, some cool dollar figures here. Uh, $2.66 million. That's what the Blue Jays are paying combined for Rafael Dolis, Jordan Romano, and Julian Merriweather this year. Obviously, Romano was... Uh, he's going to be a UFA in 2026, so he still has some team control. He's actually been returned uh, twice to or once to us by the uh, Texas Rangers. Thank you in the Rule 5 draft. We actually made $50,000 off that transaction too. Uh, Rafael Dolis, of course, we had signed him in 2020 coming back uh, from overseas in Japan. Uh, he'll be a UFA after uh, after this season. Uh, Julian Merriweather, obviously we uh, traded him, or traded Josh Donaldson for him, debuted with us last year and has looked um fucking fantastic that's probably a good way to describe it in the first two games so far this season we'll talk about him more in a bit uh but for some context on that 2.66 million dollars 
the three three guys that the Rockies have been paying for, uh, Wade Davis, Brian Shaw, and Jake McGee. I don't even know who Brian Shaw is. Is that like <laughs> it sounds like a generic character from like a, some sort of like Jersey Shore thing or something? Uh, Rockies are paying thirty five point three million dollars for them. They signed those guys in twenty eighteen. Um, so it was one hundred and six million over three years, and we're paying two point six six million for the back end of our bullpen right now. Pretty good job by the uh, the front office of the Blue Jays, and it shows you what a dumpster fire of a franchise the Colorado Rockies are. When and they also had to trade Arenado, they're not going to be able to keep Trevor Story. Yeah, good times in Colorado. Love, I love Colorado. I'm a Denver Broncos fan, so a huge fan of the city. But the Rockies suck. Rock team bad. Yes. <laughs> Ever since um, Pete Walker, they uh, just aren't good. Or, uh, Larry Walker, they just aren't good anymore. To be fair to the Rockies, at the time when they signed Wade Davis, he was fine, and then yeah, and then it it went kind of went shit <laughs> a little bit. Um, but he could always bounce back. Um, I saw something very funny on uh the subreddit for the Jays, uh, <laughs> bringer of rain, uh, versus the bringer of merry weather. I kind of like that how they kind of. Yeah, <laughs> kind of flipped it because we traded Josh Donaldson for Julian Merriweather. Yep. Uh, and at the time, obviously, I have a Josh Donaldson jersey. I was not happy; it made me sad. Um, but Julian Merriweather, uh, I the player had to actually be named said later. <laughs> I had said actually earlier uh, in this uh, season, actually just right before we started uh, the regular season, Merriweather wasn't even worthy of a roster spot. And that he was a write-off because he kept getting injured. Oof. I obviously I got to eat some uh, some humble pie. So <laughs> give me give me a great big dollop on my plate. Uh, obviously Julian Merriweather, big reason why we're three and one now. Yeah. But uh, I digress. In Yankee Stadium, and he made Gary Sanchez look foolish, which I'm always a fan of. <laughs> yeah. Gary Sanchez <laughs> is a great hitter. When he hits um, home runs. When he hits home runs and when he doesn't do when he's not hitting home runs, uh, it's like, I, I don't know. He yeah. kind of looks like a doofus. But anyway, yeah, anyway. I love that. Everyone was making fun of how excited uh, Ross Atkins was about having players with team control. And people were like, oh, team control. Who gives a shit about that? Well, guess what, guys? They do now. <laughs> yeah, do now, punks. I love it. It's great, but let's let's get into let's get yeah. into Merriweather. So, a uh, couple things from Pete Walker, yeah, boy. Uh, Julian Merriweather is a full go for us right now. We're not gonna push him too hard, but there's an opportunity to get him in back to back games where he's feeling great. We're gonna do it. Uh, Walker also said that uh, during Robbie Ray's latest side session, he was hitting 97. So the next step is for A to face some hitters, which I believe uh, the Jays will try and do here sometime in Arlington, and then he'll be able to be activated off the DL, or sorry, IL. I still can't get over the IL, DL thing. Um, <laughs> coming in for the homestand against the Angels and probably make his next turn in the rotation. Bo Bichette, this is a fun one. Uh, he revealed that he had an asymptomatic case of COVID at some point. Uh, he learned that he has long-term antibodies identified during spring training. As a result, getting a vaccine is, quote, not necessary, not necessarily an immediate decision for me. A lot of guys should be getting it. Um, Florida has opened vaccinations uh, to anyone over 18 today, uh, Monday. Uh, the Jays are planning for opportunities to get players shots when the team returns from current road trip. They have said that they'll stagger them just in case guys get the uh, the side effects, the symptoms of those shots. Uh 
also uh, Ben Nicholson Smith tweeted that, that Bo Bichette believes he had the COVID-19 at some point, just didn't show symptoms or realize it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the science behind this. I'm just going to get a vaccine and I don't know if I, maybe I have antibodies too. Maybe I had COVID as well, but I'm not going to take any chances. I'm going to get the vaccine. Um, and our message to everybody out there is, uh, don't take medical advice from professional athletes, period. They yes. are athletes. Most of them, lots of them didn't even go to college at all. They went big league straight to high school. So they have maybe grade 12 biology. If they took it, chances are they took like theory of phys ed or something instead. Um, I said of sciences. So yeah, I don't know. Don't trust athletes. It's, it's to totally okay for you to not take medical advice from a 22 year old uh who with great hair yeah with great hair who <laughs> hasn't picked up a science book probably uh yeah. in several years in several years uh that's not meant to be disparaging against Bo Bichette's intelligence he's not a doctor or a medical he's not a doctor he doesn't know what he's talking about uh and that's yeah. okay that's all right okay jay's results <laughs> get the vaccine uh, series one, we've talked about already. The Jays won the series for, against the Yankees two games to one. They won game one when Hunjin Ryu and Garrett Cole had a nice little duel. Uh, Garrett Cole looked pretty good, uh, hung a muffin to Teoscar Hernandez who demolished a baseball to left field. Yes. Um, he was three for four of that game, a great start for Tio with a couple of runs and obviously that solo shot. Hunjin Ryu went five and a third, gave up four hits, some weak-ass contact as usual, two earned runs, walked a batter, gave, did give up a home run to Gary Sanchez that he did that he did hang. Uh, it was only the hard-hit ball of the day for the Yankees, really, uh, and struck out five. Uh, the big story, though, outside of those two, was Julian Merriweather, who picked up his first career uh, big league save in Yankee Stadium on opening day. Uh, with a strikeout the side where he was throwing a 99 and 100 on his fastball and 79 on his changeup and absolutely painting the corners at that changeup. The, the first batter of the inning, he threw 99 like right down the middle and then followed up with 79 on the, on the low outside corner. And I think I went, ooh, in my seat at home because it's just like you can't hit that as a hitter. It's untouchable. Um, one thing I do want to point out, Julian Merriweather, or not Julian Merriweather, uh, sorry, Jordan Romano, I was looking at the sheet here, ended up picking up the win in that game. He pitched the eighth inning for the Jays, and for the second straight year, he actually won, picked up the win on the opening day. Wins are meaningless, but it's kind of a weird stat, and uh, Canadian, so I like to talk about that guy a lot. Um, what were your thoughts on on that game, Patrick? Any, any other impressions on those three guys that we talked about, or anybody else? I love the fact that it was a tight game because it made it very exciting. And then, yeah. obviously, the bottom of the ninth was thrilling. Uh, tough to watch if you're a Yankees fan, uh, but there's probably not too many of them kicking around here. So, <laughs> too bad. Uh, three up, three down, strikeouts. Uh, Merriweather, I think, was what? Uh, one pitch away from an immaculate inning or something um... like that? Yeah, I think he was. He was. He, he bounced threw... the he bounced the slider in the dirt on yeah, uh, yeah his, on his on his last on his second to last pitch. Yeah, and he was, uh, he, was, and then... he, was he said he was aware of it too. And he talked to Hazel after the game. Yeah. He was like <laughs> yeah. he was like I was aware of it, and I said ah oh, we'll just bury a slider and hope he swings over it. And then he just blew a 99 mile an hour heater past him on the next one. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't care much for the immaculate inning. Um, he did the right thing in that moment. We won the game. 
it was tight and, uh, and very, very like, uh, not that Merriweather was shaky. He looked like he had command of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it mm-hmm. was, you know, it's always tense. Bottom of the ninth, Yankees are up. You're in Yankee Stadium, uh, a walk, and then you know one of their power hitters gets up there, and it's all over, and you don't want that. But I mean, it was great. Tiasker was great. I was so happy that we were able to steal a win like that. Uh, it looked like we weren't going to win that game, um, but we did. Yeah. Uh, one other note from that game too: uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s single in that game was at 114.1 miles per hour, which is absolute the hardest missile. hit ball off of Garrett Cole in the Statcast era. So that's a fun. An fact absolute too. missile. It was up a piss the rocket middle. that went about, traveled about 150 feet in the air. But yeah, it was a rocket. Um, <laughs> it was. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. In the game too. The Jays did lose this game five to three. Uh, Ross Stripling actually had a, had a nice little solid start. He went three and a third for the Jays. Did go up seven hits and three earned runs. Walked two, gave up or uh, struck out five uh, five batters and gave up a home run. But I thought for what what we thought we were going to get out of Stripling as a swingman this year, that's probably pretty pretty average for him. Uh, Marcus Semien uh, two for four with a homer, couple RBIs, a walk, and two stolen bases in the game. Yeah. Everyone's favorite comeback story, Tim Meza threw an inning, gave up one hit, struck out two. Uh, Dolis had a rough outing, but if we remember correctly, Rafael Dolis was rough at the start of last season too and then settled in. Um, yeah. I know yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it again in today's game, but uh, he throws a sinker, and that's a pitch that you kind of have to keep throwing until you find it. So he'll be fine after a, after a few more outings most likely. Uh, what were your thoughts uh, first on Stripling in that game, Patrick? Was that kind of what you expected from him against a good Yankee lineup? Uh, I had hoped he would perform better. Um, that's a lot of hits in three and a three and a third. Yeah. A lot of ground uh, balls. Um, stripling doesn't strike me as a guy that we'll be able to rely on as a starter, uh, on a regular basis. And once basis. Robbie Ray comes back, he, he will not be. But if that's the case, then it means, uh, somebody else is going to have the number five spot because if stripling isn't going to be a starter, that means Ryu. Ray, Rower, Matts, Matts, and then Blank, and I Zoic, think probably I think Zoic well, earned it over. We'll talk about Zoic in a second, but I think he performed. I wanted than... to lead into that, uh, and you, you, uh, I stole it you, from you. Yeah, you stole it from me. Well, <laughs> after all the all the shit talking when Hendo was on, and I was talking about Zoic and Matts and how they were going to be good, uh, and they delivered. Uh, in the opening uh, four games of the season. So shout out to uh, Chris Henderson, wherever you are. <laughs> I hope you're thinking about how I was right and you were wrong. Probably <laughs> not, but I'm sure there's a million instances of me being wrong too. <laughs> but that being said, uh, good for Marcus Samin. That was a nice yep. couple good pieces of hitting in that one. Really um, good. He looked like 2019 Marcus Samin. Um, although he did um, put up uh, goose eggs, zilch, in the first game. Uh, this game, too, was more his speed. Uh, it's like every second game he seems to really kind of <laughs> settle in there. I don't know what it is. Uh, anyway, rubber match. Jays did beat the Yankees 3-1. to one. So over their three-game series, the Jays uh, averaged three runs per game and outscored the Yankees at 9-8 over the three games. TJ Zoik, filling in the rotation, uh, went four innings, gave up three hits, 
walked one batter, struck out one, a very Zoikian line. But the most important thing, he gave up no runs. I think he only threw like uh, like 72 pitches or something like that. So yeah. probably could have thrown him up for one more inning, but better play it safe than sorry. And then uh, Trent Thornton did give up a bloop double. Uh, that was just like uh, just an absolute no man's land to, to Clint Frazier, who ended up coming around. Um, and then Ryan Baraki, David Phelps, Jordan Romano, and everyone's favorite Blue Jay right now, Julian Merriweather, came in and threw three and two-thirds innings of 5K baseball. No hits, no base runners allowed. Total shutdown for them. Uh, Grich Dede has one for three with his first home run of the season. And uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. went oppo to right field, uh, a, a ball that was hit 380 feet and would have been a home run in 29 of the 30 MLB ballpark. So it wasn't a classic Yankee Stadium lazy fly ball to right field. It was a missile again. It was a 380-foot uh, missile. Yeah. Uh, to wrap up the series against the Yankees now, obviously we, we just teed up Zoik. So, Patrick, tell us about your boy. Uh, well, TJ Zoik is one of those classic uh, pitchers who – Gives you nothing to work with. Uh, he's not going to strike you out, uh, but he is going to make you work to try to get the hit. Uh, he was extremely effective uh, in these four innings. Uh, there was no chance he was going to get to see the road to, or the uh, the lineup a third time. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just what annoys me, and I, I, this won't turn into a big rant. What annoys <laughs> me is that you know, we'll think back to when Matt Shoemaker was yanked from the playoff game when he was doing well, and that ended up not working out dealing. so well for us. Yeah. Uh, even though he was dealing. TJ Zoik was fantastic, uh, and he probably could have pitched a fifth inning and gotten to see the lineup turn around, but he didn't, and it was the smart move because that's when Trent Thornton came in, and Thornton looked fine. He looked fine. It sucked for him. Uh, to concede the run on probably the the most freakiest bloop single uh, that we'll see uh, at least in the month of April, uh, and then obviously Baraki, Phelps, Romano, Merriweather shut it down. This was just like this is classic TJ Zoik. He's not going to strike you out, but he's not really going to walk you either. He's not going to give you anything to hit. It's very frustrating for for batters, uh, and he did have a little bit of heat. Uh, his fastball was looking real good. Um, the, uh, the sinker, is it that he throws? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that was, it wasn't hanging. It looked really, really good. Yeah. Uh, much better than his last spring balls. start. His last spring start. It was his not, last spring it was start. not sinking. Some of those balls <laughs> that got hit or still haven't landed. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they've exited the solar system, but Zoic, uh, I'd love to see him get that number five spot. I don't know if he has the, the juice for it and i don't know if if trent thornton gets the nod above zoik but this this four inning effort here listen Montoyo's going to make a lot of decisions that we don't understand because we're not there and we don't have the analytics in front of us all the time we're podcasters for a reason i know exactly <laughs> he made the right call and nobody nobody bitched about it today nope. nobody bitched about it nobody <laughs> was bitching about winning when we won the baseball game when he makes good managerial decisions, which is almost 85 to 90% of the time, we don't even think about it. We take it for granted. But when yeah. he makes a mistake uh, or he does something small that oh doesn't make any sense to us, uh, dumbasses like myself will get on Twitter and say, oh, that's a Mickey Mouse call. 
that I don't understand. And I, I think we just got to roll with it. We just got to let Montoya do what he's going to do. He's already won 100 games as uh, as our manager. Uh, granted, yeah, shout out to Charlie for that. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's also lost well over 100. But yeah, I mean, but think about how bad a, the team was his first year. <laughs> he inherited a garbage team, and now oh, he's God. working with the young guys. He's got a great support staff, and he knows what he's doing. Uh, so yanking Zoik was the right move. It worked. Uh, throwing Merriweather out in the ninth, that's a Charlie Montoyo special. Uh, that worked out well for us too. So detractors of Charlie Montoyo, uh, if you're going to run your mouths when he makes a mistake, uh, you should cop to when he does well too. And that includes myself too. I'm not calling anyone out in particular. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, we've we've all we've both said we've both criticized some moves of his in the past, but for the most part, uh, we always remember the negative more than the positive. It's just human nature. <laughs> so let's all try and be a little better. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about some 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 injury rehab before we get into today's game, just because we were talking about that fifth rotation spot. Um, Robbie Ray is obviously close, going to face live hitters in a in live BP here at some point. Uh, I know the Jays yeah. want to get George Springer into some live BP here in, in, in Texas as well and have him come out the IL for home opener day on Thursday. Uh, Nate Pearson's throwing off flat ground, has not thrown off a mound yet, so he's still a month away probably from ramping up again. They'll have to get him on the mound, uh, doing some side sessions, some bullpens, and then do some sim games down at the, uh, the, all, uh, the, the, the minor league spring training site in Dunedin before probably... Uh, getting him back. Uh, I still think mid-May is a realistic timeline for him uh, at earliest in the big leagues. Uh, Thomas Hatch still progressing from the elbow. I don't believe he's throwing yet, but the Jays are still uh, happy with where, where he's at, uh, and he should be back at some point this season as well too. Again, no need to rush him now that we've got uh, guys like Merriweather emerging in the bullpen uh, and Ryan Barucki looking so good as well too. Uh, but let's get into today's game against the Texas Rangers. The Rangers home opener in front of uh, a lot of fans in Arlington. Um, Steven Matz, Patrick, six and a third, two hits, one earned run, walked only one batter, and struck out nine Texas Ranger batters today. The changeup was money. The fastball looked good. Uh, Tyler Chatwood had a nice inning in the third. He gave up two hits but struck out one. Tim Mesa cleaned up his mess with a with a one quick strikeout, and then Rafael Dolis had a bit of an adventure in the ninth, but uh, gave up a hit and an earned run, but did strike out three batters. Actually lowered his ERA from what it was the last time down to ten point one three after a couple appearances. He'll be fine. He just needs to pitch some more. Yep. Um, yep. Once once Pete Walker came out, I was listening to this on the radio on the way back from my quick doctor's appointment. Got my allergy meds. Let's go tree season. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to it, and it seemed like after Pete Walker came out to talk to him, then he then he started throwing strikes again. So obviously there was just something he was doing, probably just taking too damn long. Rafael Delis is a slow, deliberate man. Uh, yeah. But offensively, uh, like you said, every second game, we can count on a home run for Marcus Simeon. Uh, two for five with a couple ribs. Gritch Daddy and, and Kevin Biggio actually went, uh, or, or sorry, Simeon and Biggio went back-to-back. Uh, Biggio hit a home run his first of the year. Scored three runs today and also walked twice. And Gritch Daddy continued his hot start to the season with two for three with an RBI. Uh, yeah, Rangers home opener. They get one run. 
they only had five hits, Patrick. Uh, you'll love to see it from the Blue Jays and against another team. Uh, we've spoiled two home openers now this year. Yeah, you'll love to see it. Uh, Nats was absolutely dealing. Um, around, I think it was around like the third or fourth inning or so, the strikeouts uh, uh, started to slow down a little bit. The for fourth him. inning was rough, yeah. Uh, it slowed down a little bit for him. Uh, and then I, for whatever reason, he got into the sixth inning and it was just uh, boom, boom, boom. The first quality start was, of the year for the Blue Jays. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is going on? What, what is he tapped into right now? And the answer is just his changeup. His changeup is on yep, a completely different good. level than what it was last year. He's not leaving stuff hanging in the zone. Uh, so anytime, you know, one walk, no home runs. Two hits, you're going to win the ball game. It was pretty awesome. Uh, it was also awesome to see Tim Mesa come out and uh, clean up the mess uh, a tiny bit there. Mm -hmm, uh, Chatwood mm -hmm. had a little bit of trouble. Yeah, in the eighth. Um, and they, uh, they got the matchup advantage with Mesa. He went in, did his job, st struck the guy out. And then Dolis. Um, Dolis was wild. Uh, yep. He did get him swinging with that <laughs> garbage slider uh, that hit the dirt but i guess it's just one of those things where mission is accomplished no matter how ugly it is um i don't know how do you feel about like we're gonna talk about this in a second but like man randall grichik he that's like two games that he's provided like two or three games now out of four where he's been contributing with rbis that have won us the game it's yeah it's creating a very interesting situation. A um, couple of fun tweets from today. Vernon Wells, who's going to be doing some some pregame work for Sportsnet, which is pretty badass. Uh, this this Blue Jays lineup is going to be a problem. <laughs> uh, another tweet, a Rangers middle infielder making an error. Ah, feels like old times. So, yeah, it was. The, uh, Culberson got eaten up by a ground ball. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, you got a new, a new little thing here called first impressions. Why don't you tell us about that and take us through before we wrap up today? Yeah, well, it's the beginning of the season. Uh, it's also the beginning of the week for most of us. Uh, I know a lot of people probably had Easter Monday off, um, including yours truly, but, uh, we've got some first, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've got some first impressions we want to talk about. So we're just going to rapid fire, uh, a bunch of topics and a bunch of names. And we're going to answer with like a sentence or two. Uh, just to kind of give that sort of flash response to uh, to what we've got going on, what's in the news for the Jays. So I'm just going to start it off. Uh, first impression on Bo Bichette. I think he's heating up. The timing's coming. Yep. Yeah, he's had a little bit of struggles uh, at the plate. He's uh, he Both he and Vladdy have got caught uh swinging at garbage or got caught looking in vladdy's case um but you know they're just getting adjusted they're you know the the move from spring training to regular season is is even still uh a, a, a very significant bump in competitive uh pitching so i think these uh the boys will be fine uh marcus samin how do you feel about marcus samin so far i think he's a good second baseman I think he made the right call, signed that one-year big money contract to play second base. He's looked awesome defensively. Yeah, he's been our savior uh, at the plate now uh, in two out of four games. 
Uh, I love the fact that he can steal bases. I love that. We stole stealing bases is a, a completely lost art. This is a fast uh, in, team now in baseball. It's it is. It's fast. They can steal bases, and that's going to be huge as far as squeezing extra runs out of teams like the Yankees, who, you know, we well we saw it when we play them. They play a tight game, and they yep. got very strong pitching. Uh, Vladdy Jr. How do you feel about Vladdy? Um. I got two impressions on Vladdy. One is piss missiles and one is launch <laughs> angle. His launch angle on the season is still 4.6 degrees. So early, of course, it's been four games, so I'm not going to make any conclusions. But ball, the ball hasn't been in the air too hard, but we've seen some absolute rockets. And further yeah. proof to the doubters that Vladdy does not need to hit 12 to 14 degree launch angle. He needs to hit rockets, and he will continue to do that. So that's mine. Yep, Vladdy will be all right. Um, I think as Homer, the launch angle was like thirteen point four or something like that. Like yeah, it and it was good. Oppo. So yeah, yeah, he's he has the power. It's just a he's matter of use the whole ballpark this year. If if he can get under it, um, she gone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's gonna hit thirty. I think I'm calling it now. He's gonna hit thirty home runs, and he's gonna have like just a crazy number of RBIs. It's it's gonna be an exciting season for Vladdy. Uh, what, what's your first impression on starting pitching so far? We've seen uh, four two, slots in the rotation. Really good, two really good starts so far. I, I would say um, better than advertised. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, I would say my, my word is surprise. Uh, not that I'm surprised that Zoik and Matt's uh, succeeded because I had predicted it. Um, but I was just surprised to see Mads dealing so well. Uh, granted, it's the Texas Rangers, and aside from Joey Gallo, they don't really have anybody who, you know, is worth getting scared about. Um, Blue Jay killer Brock Holt. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> was like there, but he also five average against us in his career. He also yeah. went down swinging sure uh, more than once in this game. Yeah, but uh, very excited about the starting pitching. How about the bullpen? How do you feel about the bullpen? Uh. I'm intimidated by the bullpen, uh, especially the back end. <laughs> if I was a batter, knowing I had to face Romano and, and Merriweather in, in either order back to back, guys who can throw a hundred and have like obviously a devastating slider from uh, from Romano, and then that changeup for Merriweather, I'm I'm scared. I'm intimidated. Yeah, they're 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 good. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Yes. Uh, they're really, really good. Uh, fans and stadiums. How do you feel about fans and stadiums? We saw that the uh, the Texas <laughs> Park today was nearly sold out. Yeah. Uh, obviously, no there's no other team yeah. doing it. Uh, how do you feel about fans and stadiums right now? Um, I think the Blue Jays are doing it right with only having 15% in a small minor league ballpark in Dunedin. Yeah. I, I think... Um, I don't know what, the word, what my word would be, but I I like having fans back, but we have to do it intelligently. And obviously the Rangers, Texas in general, sorry, people in Texas, but you don't have the best, uh, the best in, in, impression from the outside looking in. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's ill-advised to have more than 20% of capacity right now. Yeah. Uh, full stadiums are dumb. Uh, it's not, it's not the end of the pandemic. Yeah, fans are great, yeah. but let's wait another four months and come late summer when we can get this herd, herd immunity thing figured out. 
then let's yep. get people back in ballparks. Uh, Steven Matz. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just going to say, wow, like this was better than I could have hoped for from a guy like him. Looking back at what he's done the past couple of seasons, if yeah. he can do this, I, I, I won't think he'll be this good every time. But if he can do, if he can be this good in sixty percent of his starts, we'll we'll be we'll be we'll be a better team than I thought we were. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then the last one, uh, the Jays are three and one after the Easter break. Uh, we've already had a day off, uh, and we're not going to have another one until I think it's April nineteenth. Yeah, sixteen so games, sixteen days. Sixteen games, sixteen days. How you feeling about the Jays right now? Three and one. Yeah, I'm going to put that down on the list of things you'll love to see. Yeah, I'm totally on board, too. Three and one is better than I expected. I would have been happy with two and two uh, going into uh, or, or exiting Easter break. Three yep. and one is better, um, but I, I've liked everything that we've seen. Uh, I'm almost certain that uh, Kavan Biggio... And Rowdy Telez are—they are going to bounce back. Uh, Bichette is going to bounce back too. I know right now they're—you know—their numbers look bad because it's early in the season. It's four games. You have one 0 for five game and you're screwed like yeah. right now. So don't worry about the numbers too much, folks. Um, you know, <laughs> Keep in mind today every- too. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but my God, there were some brutal strike calls. I, I, I said it on Twitter. Yeah. I hate criticizing umpires. I am one, but we all have bad days. And uh, Jansen Visconti was was having one of those bad days. There were a couple, like Mike Mike, Mike Fulton-Nevitz, he was not pitching well. He was all over the place. I think the first 10 batters all had six-plus pitches against them. Yeah. Um, like full counts everywhere. And he called. Uh, the one that Rowdy was mad about was a strike. Uh, but he punched Danny Jansen out on a uh, curveball or a, a slider, so that was about three and a half balls off the outside of the plate. And then he also, I, I can't remember if it was Tio or Bo, but again, he punched one of them out again in this, with the same pitch. And it's like, buddy, uh, I don't care if you're in Little League, that is not a strike. Um, yeah. And we're, we're just yeah. lucky that Steven <laughs> Matz was throwing strikes today because we didn't have to rely on any generous strike calls. This game could have been a lot worse, a lot quicker for Mike Fulty-Nevitz today. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to put that out there. Some of the stats today are a bit misleading. Obviously we hope Danny Jansen's okay too. He took that foul ball off the inside of the knee, Yeah. uh, finished the inning, but then Kirk came in, we'll get updates on him. We'll pass him along when we know more, but, uh, it's a good thing that Reese McGuire, uh, passed and, and Bravik Valera both passed through waivers and reported to the alt site. Cause Reese McGuire <laughs> might be back on this roster before we know it. If Danny's out any, at any period of time. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that kind of uh, interested me about this was uh, I know like it's easy to pick on Fulte uh, for getting some favorable calls and and generally not having a great game, but he he was he was matching Matt's uh, his velocity was his velocity was back. Um, that yeah. was a thing that got him DFA'd last year. So two years ago he was throwing ninety eight and it was down to ninety last season, but he was touching ninety seven today. So. Uh, good to see him back. Obviously, he was an all-star in, in 2018. Um, had a great season for the Braves, but hopefully, uh, I mean, you always root for a guy to, to play well. We never we never root for players to, to be shitty. We like when they're bad against us, but we're not a negative la- Nancy show. <laughs> the last uh, update that I'm able to see from a credible source, Arden Zwelling, uh, at Arden Zwelling, uh, Sportsnet guy, 
Jay's manager, Charlie Montoya, describes Danny Jansen as day-to-day. Uh, yeah. There were no further details given. Uh, Montoya was quoted as saying, for Danny Jansen to come out of, come out of a game, it's got to hurt, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a He was down for a while. So. Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward answer. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, good thing Alejandro Kirk is serviceable. Reese McGuire has worked in the past with some of the guys we have in our bullpen. Uh, not so much with our rotation because it's kind of a fresh look. Tanner Rourke um, tomorrow, boys. Tanner Rourke tomorrow. It's going to be exciting. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> uh, I'm sure Danny Jansen probably just needs a day or two. Yeah, uh, for the bruise to heal because that went it ricocheted off like the right pad beside his uh, his uh, knee pad. Yeah, so it, it yeah. caught him right on the right on the, on the inside of the knee. So there's a there's a bone there, folks. A joint. Ouch. So. Um, It'll be we'll, okay. We'll finish on a positive note. Uh, Steven Matz with nine strikeouts today tied Roger Clemens for the second most strikeouts in a Blue Jay debut. The person in first place was David Price with 11. So that just goes to show you how good Steven Matz was today. And uh, he, he probably could have stayed in the game as obviously he struck out the last batter he faced. But uh, great start for Matz. Hopefully we get more of that from him this season. Uh, before we wrap it up, just a quick reminder that you can find us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Listen on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so much more. You can also listen to us or leave us some comments on our website at bfmdpodcast.com. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. We'll be back uh, at the end of the LA Angels series. There's a bunch of night games coming up doesn't work for our recording schedule so we'll catch you guys uh, Sunday evening 